0: the first place for number one. Harris drops back, Bates to the left, pressure on and he goes down. Ja'Garrett Davis gets home and the all-black sideline explodes here in Hamilton. Caught the five, he went through Marcus Dale's
1: hands and Kyron Moore the presence of mind to catch it and step out of bounds
0: at the five with 20 seconds to go. Pressure loads it up, goes down the field, taking a shot into the end zone, he caught it touchdown tiger town brandon banks how did he do it it is the breakdown hello everybody better late than never thank you for being here with us as always he is at dt on sc i'm at tsn underscore marsh marshall ferguson derek taylor here with you on the breakdown as we take a look around the canadian football league heading into week number 12 you might be wondering why is this coming out late what's going on why is this podcast shorter than the ones you guys usually do uh, we're stupid busy. This is the heat. This is the, I mean, we give you like two hour off-season podcasts where we just sit around in our underwear and talk about the best Canadians on every team top five ranking all these. This week has not been that we've been trying to jam this thing in for you yeah. and make sure that we get it because DT's got some busy stuff. I've got the game in Hamilton coming up this Saturday, which I didn't know I had until three days ago. Uh, So I'm actually doing this in between Zoom calls, talking with Orlando Steinauer and then talking to Tunde Adelike and Jeremiah Masoli and it's a day, Uh, but enough complaining. Uh, (laughs) Let's uh, let's give a quick shout out to our good friends at Fox 40 who make all of this possible. Get back in the game with Fox 40. Visit them at fox40shop.com. Get your coaching boards, your gear and more and use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your order. Also, little advisory here. Don't listen to this on double speed because it's not going to sound very good this opening. You're just going to be flying. I feel like I'm talking double speed. You don't need to speed it up, okay? And your listening habits, especially if you're drinking beer. And if you're doing that, of course, make sure that you're drinking responsibly. But get yourself some Sada City Beer. You can do that by going to SadaCityBeer.com, shop their wide variety of brews, and learn much, much more. Shipping available to Ontario residents only. Use the promo code CFL and get yourself free shipping on your first order over 100 Dollars. All right, it is a busy week. DT has got a great matchup once again. third time in four weeks uh, where you get a little bit of that rider stamps love going back and forth against each other. But I gotta ask you because I saw the one hand snag that came out from Taylor out there at Global. And I believe yep. I saw on Twitter that you had the one, the only Duke Williams on the show on the sports cage out there on CKRM. Uh, what what was he like? What was the conversation like? What is happening with him right now? Because a lot of people are looking at this and going, man, this is the potential to be a real game changer.
1: Yeah, it, it really does. Uh, for anybody who wants to look at T. Shire Global, Taylor Shire caught it. Just It was Duke running his speed out in his first day of practice, and the ball, I didn't see who threw it, but it was just a regular drill. Uh, it was a good foot behind him and actually behind the plane of his head, and he just just one-hands it right-handed, turns up the field. You're like, okay, yep, that's that's Duke Williams. That's what the Riders uh, have added. Uh, he seems like a good dude. Honestly, he's, he's pretty confident, but... To, being humble at the same time right like in the in the opening news conference i i just said to him are you the best deep threat in the cfl and he kind of giggled and and said oh you're trying to get me with that and i started recounting some of the numbers about how many more deep targets he had in 2018 than the next best player how many more deep yards It's like in 2017 and 18 i was the best deep target in the cfl no question about that whatsoever i haven't had any deep targets this year uh I think like six for 175 and two touchdowns against Calgary. I think that's probably where I've set the bar for him in this game, number one. Maybe a little high, Marsh. Maybe <laughs> I'm expecting a lot, but six, 175 and two is what I'm, I'm hoping to see on Saturday.
0: Didn't you also, though, before they played, I think the second time say like, oh, it should be a feast in the intermediate ranges because Calgary's defensive backfield has a difficult time playing the football. And then the offense was just not in rhythm whatsoever. Now, I'm not saying that you're yeah. going to be wrong on this one, because I do think the Duke is a game changer because he tells the defense. But I also think that it's kind of a shame that Trey Roberson doesn't look like he's going to be ready to go uh, in this one, because that would be fun to see him potentially lurking all over the field wherever Duke Williams is going. But you get that. And then you end up getting Winston Rose coming back to Winnipeg. And it's like, man, this yeah. seems this seems late for all of these guys to be coming back into the CFL. Usually it's like those training camp cuts, but we're we're into the depth of the NFL season right now. And all of a sudden it's like Duke comes back and then Trey is like, you know what, maybe I'll just do it. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, Winston Rose comes back. And I'm like trying to figure out who the next one is that we we thought we had lost forever and is probably going to make his way back into the fold here.
1: Well, because Edmonton got Derek Moncrief back a few weeks ago. Well, got Derek Moncrief back into the CFL a few weeks ago. Uh, Saskatchewan's the one that's really taken a boost, I think, from all these moves. And there's a ton of moves in the West. But Saskatchewan gets Duke Williams. And they get Shaq Evans back from the six-game injured list. He's been out since week two. That is an enormous boost in an area of that team that needed help. Winnipeg gets a kicker. Okay, Sergio Castillo is awesome. That's a boost in that area. But that's a smaller area, right? They get Winston Rose back. I don't, they weren't having any particular problems on that boundary side, right? With Nichols and and Alford. So he will upgrade and there's some thought he goes in for Nick Taylor, who's injured. Uh, They didn't really need an upgrade, but you're always going to add an elite talent uh, like that one. Calgary gets Roberson back. Calgary had been very good. Those DBs are very aggressive in getting after bodies. So they're going to have to take a really good defensive back out to get Trey Roberson in. So while they get stronger, I don't think they needed to get stronger like the riders do with this Duke Williams slash Shaq Evans move. So I think net net it, it benefits the riders more than the other two teams. Yeah. Uh, but still uh, those other two teams have uh, roundly or, you know, at least semi-convincingly beaten the Riders this season.
0: Yeah, they've been ahead on on the addition of the entire season's performance thus far. I and mean, that's not just in the standings, that's in the different units that you're talking about. So yeah, glaring need, maybe a bit of an omission, even though, see, this is the thing that I don't love though. When we criticize Saskatchewan, when we say, like that. that's become a narrative since Cody spoke out, which is the really unfortunate thing about Cody making those comments and probably why he apologized is that, it's not necessarily what you say it's the aftermath and how people think of it and the way that people have thought of some of this stuff afterwards is like oh yeah they can't catch any balls down the field I'm like I've seen Keen Schaefer Baker make some grabs like I've seen that I've watched games like I've seen Mitchell Picton isn't a is necessarily a high efficiency guy down the field but I've seen him make some grabs the difference being now you are going from somebody who is making some grabs to someone who consistently makes great grabs and unexpected grabs. And, and I think that's yeah. where the difference lies in this one. So I gotta say as well as a, a childhood fan of the Buffalo Bills, uh, seeing Dion Lacey and Duke Williams come back from the Bills and go both to the Riders. I'm Ooh, all right, that's nice. Let's see a couple of quality pickups guys that were uh, kind of on the fringe for that Bills roster, but made some plays at times. Like I laughed this week when I saw, uh i think it was uh i forget his name right now off the top of my head but covers the buffalo bills for a local television station and and he sent out a picture of nissan stadium down there in tennessee and he said the house that duke williams built and he tweeted that out the same week that duke signed back in the cfl and i just laughed because i thought yeah because when buffalo went down to tennessee to play that tuesday night football game last year i was like duke was the difference like it was just last year that he was in the nfl playing in a regular season game on the road catching a touchdown making a difference now he's a rider. like this is not yeah. some not some fringe guy who uh, eh, maybe he's still got it or he's up against age.'s like, no, he's like kind of in the prime of his career and he just fell into your lap.
1: Yeah, and that's fantastic. I mean, he he talked immediately about, hey, I played with Nick Marshall and Ricardo Lewis in college, Riders defensive back and receiver. I, I was with the Rams with Paul McRoberts, who's on the Riders practice roster. Obviously, uh, his OC was Jason Moss for his two years in Edmonton. So this this felt like the best landing spot for him. Just on uh, Cody Fajardo in the deep ball, still the lowest rated deep ball passer in the CFL yeah. at 26, right behind Matt Nichols. Three. So. And that's not, to me, that's not an indication of Cody's skill level over his career, but just no. how the deep ball game is going. Here's what I want to throw at you, Marsh, yeah. because you could probably explain this better. Uh, I have contended that uh, Duke Williams and Shaq Evans coming back are going to solve a ton of the riders' problems. And people will keep saying to me, well, yeah, but you can't get the ball deep if you can't, if the offensive line can't protect. And I don't 100% believe that to be the truth. I think it certainly plays an impact on certain routes, but I still think you can get the ball deep even if you have struggles in protection. Fair or foul?
0: I think that's fair. I do think that that's fair. Like There has to be an element uh, of the protection scheme that is going to allow you to take shots vertically, but that's also schemed in. Like I was just talking to Rolando Steinauer about this where I said, where's your offense at in Hamilton and how has it evolved through the last month or so? And he said, well, we're not really a drop back passing team. We got some little some chips and some nudges and some protection stuff, and he said because we're still not at the level where we can just snap it to the quarterback and tell him to go find somebody open for four seconds so that's what you are asking on those shot plays now the hit and miss of this is always that you're going to end up calling shot plays sometimes you're going to get the protection sometimes you're not the real great thing about Cody that is why I'm so surprised about where he's at in downfield passing he has the ability that when he doesn't get the protection he breaks the pocket and it multiplies the danger that he has at that point, because mm-hmm. if you're running vertical routes and it's man coverage and people are turning their heads and running with them, he can take off and run and pick up 30 yards on the ground. And that's as good as a 30 yard completion. So the idea that he might not be getting the greatest amount of protection, he hasn't been able to hit some of those shots. It's like you kind of got to play it two ways. And I think Cody's got to be really smart situationally. Do I access my athleticism and my skill set to mix and match and throw people off and use my legs more, or do I buy myself time, backpedal away from the line of scrimmage, not try to break the pocket and run and take the hit in order to make the throw? And he's kind of in between those two things right now, and it doesn't feel like he really has an identity for how he's going to play that this year. But with Duke, I got a feeling that it's just going to be backpedal and throw it as high as you can, and that yeah. and that's some of the freedom that he gives you, and and that's why I think that the offensive line it's weird to think that an offensive line will look better because a receiver joined the team. Because that's not really something that we typically think of as having this push-pull relationship. But through the guise of the quarterback being able to make more allowable throws and throws that don't cost them as much, if the offensive line stays the same, they will look like a better offense with Duke added in because they'll get more production on those plays that they're not making down the field right now.
1: Well, because there are the plays, right, where Cody, one, two, three, four, five balls out of his hand, right? Because he looks up and he goes, oh, there's four guys here, and oh, the halfback isn't you know, isn't hovering, so this is one-on-one with Shaq or Duke. I'm going to go ahead and take that, right? 98-yard touchdown to Kyron Moore in 2019 was that kind of thing. Oh, he was one-on-one? I just hammered at him, and two Toronto guys smash into each other, and Kyron Moore walks backward into the end zone, right? There, there are those kind of plays. And honestly, uh, the other ones are... When I was, what was it, 2017 or so, I was trying to figure out who was the best, who was going to be my all-star tackle. And you had Stanley Bryant in Winnipeg and Derek Dennis in Calgary and Sir Vincent Rogers in Ottawa. And literally, quarterback pressures, uh, they were identical. Uh, Sacks plus holding calls against them, they were identical. And I thought, well, what the hell am I going to use to break the tie between all these guys who I've seen all their snaps? And then you look back at their offense and went, Winnipeg really gets the ball out fast. Ottawa with Trevor Hertz really gets the ball out fast. Bo Levi Mitchell likes to hang around in the pocket, have a snack, a couple <laughs> of cars whiz by. He's like, yep. Okay. I'm going to take that one now. And, to, and you go, okay. So that made Derek Dennis's job harder in that mind because he had to protect for longer. The uh, opposite effect of that was when was Matt Nichols in Winnipeg under pressure? Okay. The offensive line was good. But if you're throwing a, a drag route across the middle or a little speed out into the flats, like you don't need to protect that kind of stuff. If if Duke Williams can, from the boundary slot, zoop five yard out and the halfback who is 11 yards deep isn't down in time, I I could block that. Like I could block Sean Lemon on that play because it just requires me getting in the way of him for half a second. So honestly, I, I really, I fully believe that getting Duke, getting Shaq back into the lineup, is going to alleviate some of these problems if Jason Moss wants it to be that way, if he's willing to go, Hey, I, I really will commit to dink and dunk and we will yeah. do these, these drives. And then, oh, by the way, uh, Duke might just take one another 20 yards after you get it to him on a five yard out.
0: I'm I'm thrilled to see him back in the league. I can't wait to yeah. see uh, what it looks like. I do want to ask you here uh, about the Ottawa quarterbacking situation because because oh. uh, I saw your tweets Last week during the game, and I, in the moment that I saw them, I disagreed with them, which is kind of why I wanted to bring it up. But also I see where you're coming from in that you don't really feel like Caleb Evans has earned the right to continue to be the guy, correct?
1: I don't think they should make him continue to be the guy, We, we, I said about Dominic Davis, you just have to tell him he, he, he's not a quarterback in the CFL anymore. When I look at Caleb Evans, it looks like. CFL football is too fast for him. And just to just on that, uh, seven interceptions. His interception rate is over six. That's the highest in the CFL. But it was dropped interceptions that were a real concern in that Montreal game. He had seven interceptions dropped by defenders, which is by far the most. He throws an interceptable pass one out of every eight passes in the in the league. Eight eight and a half passes, and that there's a million factors going into that. But what I can absolutely f- believe is. He's just, with the personnel he's playing with and the system he's running, he is not ready to go back out there. And I'm kind of afraid that you never recover from that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just glad that it hasn't ended, knock on wood, like the Taryn Christian coming in. Yeah. Because that, that was super unfair. Like that guy's coming in and clean up duty where this is the crazy thing about football fate that people need to realize. You have a situation in which Taron Christian and Caleb Evans were supposed to get Split reps in that first game that Caleb Evans was starting. They didn't because Caleb Evans came out and put 14 points up on the board immediately. And Paul Appelese pulled the rip cord and said, Oh, I'm an idiot. I'm actually just going to ride the hot hand in this one. And so Taron Christian doesn't get into that game and doesn't get to prove. If he's given the opportunity through practice, he might be Caleb Evans right now. Like he might be the starter. He might have been the guy in control of the offense who's getting the opportunity. Now, I'm not saying he would have produced the same, but we don't know. So yeah. he doesn't get in and he doesn't get that opportunity and then he comes in in garbage time cleanup because he's been designated as the guy behind Caleb Evans cuz Caleb Evans has shown us a little bit of something here and there and so he gets his opportunity his chance and when Christian comes in he gets folded up and injured on a bad snap and so much pressure for Montreal in that game 10 sacks or whatever it was so uh, I feel I feel really bad for him because one little snap of the finger, one one split decision where Paul Appelis says, you know what, Christian's going to be my guy, not Caleb Evans, and I don't think that injury happens to him. Now there's 50 different you know points in between there to connect those dots, but it's it's just amazing how that stuff works out and how it does alter careers and rosters. And uh, for me on Caleb Evans, and I totally agree with you on the interceptable passes. Like it's a really bad number, shockingly bad. Like one out of every eight passes when I'm watching it from a quarterback perspective, the reason that I continue to be in his camp and the reason why I feel pretty passionately about this is I hate when teams take a quarterback who's got some potential and see some early struggles. Usually it comes in two waves for me. First wave is the early struggles where you say, ah, it's allowable, he's young, he's figuring it out. Then you see the second wave of struggles. And if those are the ones that you say, well, eh, we got to cut bait, For me, it's sometimes it's almost like, you know, the meme of the man who's got the the axe pick and he's chipping away at the dirt and the ice and he has no idea how close he is to actually breaking through the wall. And Mm -hmm. so he's in the other guys turning and walking the other direction because he was even closer and he doesn't know where he was. And it's like, it's the person who keeps chipping away at the wall that I believe a lot of the time will find their way through. And for Caleb Evans, so many of these throws are correctable, like so many of them. and so the the number is bad and the decision making hasn't been great but i'm like okay lapo earn your money like lapo this is what you do and i'm not saying like oh you know lapo's overpaid or any of that what i'm saying is this is what you do this is why you are who you are yes play calling fantastic but it's about quarterback development because you don't always get to pluck michael riley's and bo levi's off the quarterback tree bring them in start them and like at the start of his career, Bo Levi Mitchell threw some really boneheaded inter- interceptions. And then he learned and he got better and became more dangerous. And he figured out the game. And it's, it's always the quarterback, for whatever reasoning the situation is, it's always the quarterback who gets given the time to learn and to go through adversity that ends up coming out the other side of being better for it. Now, you got to have some level of skill and promise in order to keep getting those opportunities through the struggles. I believe Caleb Evans has that. And I just really want Lapalese to dig his fingernails in shiatsu massage and say to him, hey, like when you're throwing a wet football, your arm angle has to change. You can't be shot putting that thing from down low. It's going to sail on you. And there's going to be a halfback over the top of that curl road who's just going to catch it like a punt. When you're throwing the ball without the laces, maybe square up first. Get your shoulders down. Like, I'm sure mm. that there are quarterbacks, quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators everywhere. And high school football in Ottawa was great. There's got to be high school coaches in Ottawa looking at him going, man, like he's got like a, a high school quarterback skill set that has so much potential to evolve so rapidly if they can get him doing the right things. And right now, I give you credit, DT, he's not doing the right things. But I see so much potential for correcting errors and maximizing his ability. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest quarterback in the CFL. But I'm looking around in, in Ottawa and I'm like, the easy decision is to pull the plug and go with duck Hodges and be like, look, we found somebody new. We're starting over again. This is an improvement. That's not improvement. That's just starting over again. Like give him the time to figure this out. And if he doesn't by the end of this year and you gave him that much rope, then fine. You give up.
1: I I just want to, I'd love to see him after a camp. Honestly. I mean yeah. that first game we all get fixed. We all get anchored on that first game, right? Three touchdowns, no picks. Oh my gosh. He can run the ball too. Look at this the design run game. Fantastic. Uh, full, he needs a full training camp yes. in my mind, and let's let's see what this is to get thrust in there as the third quarterback, and you've never taken a snap, and then it went really well in the beginning, and then it's really gone just terribly bad since then. Uh, I, I would really, it's. I think people took took my tweet to be like Dominic Davis, like what yeah. I believe about Dominic Davis, of he just has to stop playing quarterback. That's it. Caleb, I I just I I would kind of just set him to the side and go. You're coming to camp, and I think you might well be our number one next year. But I need to get you away from this right now because I'm afraid it's going to break you. Uh, it, it was interesting, when I, after I tweeted that, someone decided they were going to argue with me on Twitter. Well, I remember another quarterback who had interception problems early in his career, and that man was Anthony Calvillo. I'm like, what? why do we always go to the hall of famers, right? Why don't we, how come no one then counters with, well, I, I started digging up quarterbacks to counter. Like no one counters with Johnny Manziel's four picks in his first game or yeah. Seth Daggy, or the hundreds of quarterbacks who have had this kind of start and then never got to continue. No, no. We're going to pick Anthony Calvillo because that's a reasonable bar to set for any player. <laughs> hall of famer is just an absolutely reasonable bar. It's we can look at Caleb Evans and go, that guy's a hall of famer right there.
0: Uh, the one thing I will say, though, that you mentioned kind of like the grand landscape. And we talked about before kind of the color wheel of quarterback skill sets, right? And it's like the decision yeah. makings here and the, the arm talents there and the, the athletic ability is there. I don't think they're doing enough with his athletic ability in Ottawa, because if he is and maybe that's just protecting him and trying to prevent injury and whatnot. But from that first game, there has not been enough of creative called run. I mean, there's been a couple of quarterback draws. But QB draws can only get you so far. Like, if you want to involve the quarterback run game, and again, God, Lapo knows what he's doing with this stuff. But Mm -hmm. I think you have to access a little bit more of that from him and do it responsibly. And he creates his own, but he created a lot more in that first game than he has in the two or three games that he started since. And I want to see that come back. And I want to see him explore the studio space like Will Ferrell with the cowbell. Okay. I want to see him wander around and see whether or not he can actually get a comfort level with using his athleticism because that first game felt really comfortable. And since then, eh, yeah, not, not so much
1: third most designed runs by a quarterback, Caleb Evans. He's got 13 for 115 yards. Mm-hmm. And if you could unlock that even more with the things that you say, man, that's, that's fantastic. You've got more than uh Vernon Adams, right? Yep. So that's, there's something in there for sure. And I, I I'd love to see it done fairly to a young man who appears to have potential.
0: Yeah. Fairly is a great term to use on that one. Uh, DT let people know where they can find you coming up this weekend to catch all your coverage of riders football.
1: At 620 CKRM on your radio dial, 620 CKRM.com. I'm on Twitter at DT on SC. Riders and Stampeders, the Riders get one on Saturday looking
0: forward (laughs) to it. I've got the Red Blacks against the Ticats live from Hamilton CFL and TSN. If you want to check it out, uh, just go to all the champs. Uh, It'll be on there somewhere. Okay, you'll find it somewhere. I I know people get angry. Oh, it's on one. It's not on three. It's on four. It's not on two just get all five it's fine or stream it it's like that's that's the other thing you can do in the 21st century so uh looking forward to having people along for the ride that's great this podcast is doing play-by-play for two-thirds of your super saturday this weekend how about that what a what a a bright shining star across the sky (laughs) cfp play-by-play man (laughs) have yourselves a great weekend and sorry for the short podcast we're super busy we'll talk to you next week right here on Canadian Football Perspective